Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendships, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and buckle up fans because you're in for a marvelous episode. That's right. We're talking all things the Marvels, and when I say we, I mean me and our our lovely Marvel correspondent, Miss Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Oh, Captain, my Captain, how are you? <laughs> I am great. <laughs> uh, I miss you, friend. Before we jump into the Marvels and other late-breaking news, the strike is over! Huzzah! Yes! Huzzah! The SAG after team fought so hard. And got a lot of their demands met. And I know it wasn't a 100% consensus amongst the SAG team, but they got a lot of game-changing stuff on their side, right? Yeah, totally Um, happy for them. And you could tell the second that the strike was over because everyone was like, we can go back to work and just started posting all these behind-the-scenes photos and bloopers and everyone just excited to get back to work. I'm glad to see everybody happy and I don't know. I'm just glad that it's over and and their demands were met more than anything. Speaking of Marvelous, let me start with this. We really had every intention to cover Loki in a full in-depth episode, but phase five was phase fiving so hard in this specific show that we're just going to cover it right now because it's just getting on my last dang nerve. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the epitome of phase five is the first five episodes of every Marvel show is just telling a story that isn't going anywhere. And then they stick the landing with the finale. And even then that's kind of a stretch. But Loki season finale was solid. I was not disappointed with the Loki season finale at all. But I don't know. They tied up a lot of loose ends. And I'm very happy with how they did it. How about you? We finally got God of Stories, which is what everyone was hoping for. And episodes one through five, slow build up. You got to episode six. My initial reaction of screaming, losing my my mind when he finally got his last upgraded costume that like Wanda got and Sam got. I, I freaked out and I didn't want to scare my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically did nothing and com- and internalized everything. But we got the God of Stories. And since season one, we've all been kind of theorizing that Loki was going to take over the TVA because the icon in the TVA logo is very familiar to Loki's mask in Norse mythology. Okay. So and I remember everyone going, oh, but if you flip the TVA logo around, it looks like Val. But <laughs> right, it does, we were, and we we had that fan theory going on too, and we're like, "Come on!" And they went, "No, that's completely coincidental." But now it makes sense why the time stone is green. It totally makes sense. Loki putting his own Easter eggs and storylines. Ugh, the audacity! But also so great. <laughs> I felt my hyperfixation on Loki kind of get under control in the last year or so, and then episode six happened, and that went out the window. <laughs> I'm currently wearing my trickster shirt. It's a President Loki trickster. Co- like you can't see it, but it's like it's a tarot card. 
So I'm wearing that today. I love it. I love it. And Marvel did confirm today that they've completely scrapped Kang Dynasty. Yeah, in the last episode, the Hunter B-15 does check with Mobius about the other Kang variants. And they confirm that the Kang variants, while they're out there, right. they have no knowledge of the TVA at this moment in time. And that there was one Kang variant on adjacent 616 who kind of was giving everyone issues, but they dealt with it. So right. it's still open. The Kang variant plot line is still there, but it's not as dominant anymore. It won't be a surprise if they decide to scrap the whole thing because no. they kind of concluded it in Loki. All right. We're not in the tea yet. That being said initial thoughts on the marvels i really enjoyed it so phase five being phase five like we you and i started going down this rabbit hole of theories of who could possibly make an appearance in the movie and what this could possibly mean for the mcu and i pulled this back and i went we know how phase five goes we're gonna have all these expectations it's gonna (laughs) fall flat the fan theories are gonna be better than what marvel actually put out Right. That wasn't the case. I really enjoyed this film. It was definitely for the girlies. Absolutely. And I loved it. <laughs> Good. I also thoroughly enjoyed it more than I expected. The marketing budget for this movie clearly got cut in half. And I think it was just a phase five. Hey, we're, we don't have high expectations. But when they made the movie, they did. And it's just such a bummer to see such a good movie not get the marketing it deserves. But also, the strike was going on. So that was a bummer. And what I'm seeing post-strike as far as marketing now for the Marvels, I was like, ah, this kills me. But better late than never. And seeing the BTS from Tiana Paris, just seeing her get in her super suit and just overjoyed with how everything looks. I was just like, oh, this is this is the vibe. Man, I wish I had this sooner. But Anywho, she was great, and I welcome any Marvel BTS you guys want to send my way. That being said, you have some casting for us. I do. So as Carol Danvers, we have Brie Larson. Tayona Paris is Monica Rambeau. Iman Volani is Kamala Khan. Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. Zawe Ashton is Darben. Gary Lewis is Emperor Droga. Park Siu-Joon is Prince Yan. Zenobia Shroff is Manibo Khan, Mohan Kapoor is Yusuf Khan, and Sagar Sheikh is Amir Khan. Well, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Let's spill it. All right. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched The Marvels, we are about to spoil it for you. All right. Serious question time, my friend. Serious question time. Okay. Top three favorite moments from The Marvels. I love the herding cat scene. <laughs> okay when they're trying to herd the florkin oh yes and captain marvel goes so we're literally herding cats and they're like well yeah and you see her run off chasing after kitty i was like okay that is like the most relatable thing right there <laughs> i loved it when they're on the planet of alana and carol goes to dance with the prince and monica and kamala are just watching And then Carol starts singing and Monica turns to Kamala and goes, how many chapters in your fan fiction are you thinking of right now? (laughs) 
<laughs> so that was like that was my favorite. And another one that I really liked the the training montage. Oh yes, yes, okay. With the double dutch jump rope. Oh, it's so great. Yes, so good. Girls, so good. Girls being girls. I love exactly. it. I loved Kamala's family. They to me just stole the show. They did not miss a beat. The comedy was solid. And okay, so the singing scene in Atlanta plus the fashion. I loved Carol Danvers dress. Oh, so good. But seeing Monica Rambeau just like jive with a drink in her hands, just get down with her bad self. And I was like, yes, Monica. All right. She understood the assignment. And there was just so much witty banter between all three of them, knowing that their or their secret language was song. And I was like, oh, this is so good. This is genius. I'm here for it. And then I also loved seeing Kamala's story come full circle with her getting the second bangle because we understood the story with the first one and we're like, oh, okay, well, one out of two is not bad. Way to go, kid. And then we see her get it and then how they find each other. And I, but I love seeing her get the second one. So that was my top three and I absolutely loved it. What caught you off guard? You know, I have to say not much caught me off guard for this movie. Like I didn't have any oh snap moments other than, you know, the end credit scene. The, yeah, and other than the end credit scene. <laughs> okay. That uh, was like the one thing that I flipped out after. I for sure thought this was going to be Fury's last run. And I was just like, okay, well, oh, no, he's not dead yet. Okay. Oh, no, nobody got him. Okay. Not even a flurkin. All right. What's going on here? Okay. He's just going to live. He's going to live everywhere in every universe. <laughs> and I love Samuel L. Jackson. I don't want him killed off. But after Secret Invasion, when we thought it was his last ride, I was like, okay, Marvel's probably. That's that's probably what we're aiming for. Nope. He will lose an eye and then live forever. <laughs> he will raise the young Avengers and live on. Unlike Tony Stark, who dies in every timeline. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, Nick Fury had some great one-liners in this movie. Oh, he did. That he absolutely did. Had me laughing hysterically. Like the whole, are you praying? <laughs> I didn't tell you to stop. We can get all the help we can get. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Everything's fine. It's just Carol. <laughs> and you can see everyone going, oh, thank God it's Carol. Right. <laughs> all right, friend. What did you catch in the Easter egg department here? We got to see the full form of the Supreme Intelligence in the memory flashbacks when oh. Carol goes to destroy him. That's right. Okay. Pulsar and Spectrum. Those are the names that Monica had in the comics. Yes. Okay. Oh, and the sleeves that Monica pulls from her costume on Atlanta. She's like, I don't, I can't, I, I can't, I know. <laughs> That's a nod to her original costume in the comics. Okay. They had the long drapery. And then, of course, Kamala recreating Nick Fury's scene for the Avengers initiative. Yes. But with the young Avengers. Ah! So good. Love it was so good. One thing that I found Easter egg wise was Kamala's bangles are actually the quantum band from the comics. And I guess it's from a character named Quasar, who apparently made a cameo in the third Guardians of the Galaxy, but they just rebranded his character as Phi Lavelle. And he was in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like in the end credit scene as the new set of guardians oh yeah i had no idea i had to do some deep diving anywho that was brand new information that i didn't know and i didn't pick up on it as an easter egg i was just <laughs> all right what easter eggs are there and then 
you doing your diligent Easter egg work. I was like, yep, that was there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That also there. Yay. All right. I'm ready to talk all things end credit scene or mid credit scene because that was the game changer in this movie. Oh, yes. And while I knew Monica wasn't dead, I knew I was like, no, they would have killed her off in front of us. They're not cowards. They can kill off Darben and make that very well known to us as an audience. But they didn't kill off Monica. And I was like, all right. I wasn't expecting the Monica end credit scene, but I'm really glad we got one. Yes. So what are our theories here? Because I'm hoping, because this is this would be our third teaser now in phase five or end of phase four, beginning of phase five of them trying to bring us the X-Men. Is it going to yeah. happen? Well, I we know that Wolverine's going to be in Deadpool and that's coming out in July. Yes. So I'm saying yes, but they're taking their time. They really are. You're going to um, have my last phase five nerve. So in the end credit scene, we're introduced to a new variant of Maria Rambeau. And this time she is binary. And binary in the comics is a basically a byproduct of Captain Marvel. So in the comics, you know, Captain Marvel was captured and was experimented on. And Captain Marvel manipulated her photon blasts in a way that allowed her to shape her energy into a duplicate being who was able to release her from imprisonment. So the question is, is binary from the same timeline as the Captain Marvel Maria that was introduced in Multiverse of Madness? Or is she a different timeline? The same thing with the X-Men because Beast calls out for Dr. Xavier, but the Dr. Xavier that we're introduced to was killed in Multiverse of Madness. So this is might be a completely different Professor Xavier, which could possibly mean that they might ask James McAvoy back. Yeah, James McAvoy. Come on. Drop us some hints, buddy. That would be amazing if they brought if they brought James back. And now it is time for the spotlight of the week. The holiday season is approaching fast, and if you're looking to save some money on gifts for your loved ones, Timu is your one-stop shop. Once you download the Timu app with the link in our show notes, you'll get a $100 coupon bundle plus 50% off your purchase. Discount is only available to new app users. Don't miss out on these deals this holiday season, and be sure to grab that link in our show notes. Looking to move? 24-7 Moving is a full-service moving company based in LA. At 24-7 Moving, they understand moving can be overwhelming sometimes, and they see this as their responsibility to alleviate the pressure and stress. Their professional team provides fun, friendly, and secure local and long-distance services throughout the U.S. Their highly skilled and well-trained team has combined experience of over 3,000 moves including commercial and residential. They deliver smooth and stress-free moving and packing services at affordable prices. I've personally used 24-7 moving and have never been so impressed with a team of movers in my life. They weren't just fast and efficient. They were affordable, and the guest service was unmatched to anything I've ever worked with before. For more information, visit them online at 247moving.com. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Marvel Studios, Marvel Entertainment, Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, and Disney Plus. We're just really big fans with a glorious purpose. Higher, further, faster, baby! Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.